0: Hi guys, Colin Kelly here, executive producer of RotoViz Radio and co host of the RotoViz Overtime podcast with Sean Siegel. We are closing in on 200 episodes and it's competition time, but more on that in just a moment want well, to let you know, as a loyal podcast listener, as always, you can save yourself 10% off a Road NFL Pass. All that you need to do is enter that code RVRADIO2021 at checkout on the website or go to roadtobiz.com forward slash podcast for more information. You can get all the access to all of the great tools on the site, all of the content. Get yourself ready to win your fantasy championships this upcoming season. I mentioned competition time. Well, now here's the news. 200 episodes coming up here for myself and Sean. We're giving away some RotoViz subscriptions. It's super simple to enter. Just drop a five star review for RotoViz Overtime on your favorite podcast app for a chance to win. The top prize is a three month subscription and an appearance on a future RotoViz Overtime podcast get to get a talk with myself and Sean. Already have a RotoViz subscription? Thank you for that. But don't worry, if you win, we'll add it on to your current subscription. So what are you waiting for? Drop that review today for the RotoViz Overtime podcast, and of course, when you're there, drop a rating for today's show as well that you're listening along to. Thanks as always for being a loyal podcast listener on RotoViz Radio. Enjoy the show.
1: We're reacting to the 2021 NFL Draft on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz, alongside Travis May, our Devy Coordinator, host of the College to Canton Podcast, all things prospects, all things rookies. He is filling in for Curtis this week. Travis, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic. It, it is full on rookie season. I'm already in the middle of some rookie drafts, doing some. Uh, Dynasty everything and, and really uh, working on my top 100 rookie series. So yeah, this is perfect talking about uh, More NFL and coming rookie stuff nice. Yeah, so
1: as everybody heard Cur- uh, Curtis Travis and uh, Nathan Powell and myself we reacted to round one pretty much live last <laughs> week <laughs> Today we're gonna look through rounds two uh, later in the week. We'll probably get into round three Boy some interesting picks made let's just pop <laughs> right into it Travis and start with Elijah Moore picked 34 overall to the Jets as a result of that he worked his way up in my rankings I'll give a real quick background here for anybody that forgets very fast 40 435 um, this was a player that put up 16 touchdowns in 29 games in college uh sophomore season receiving dominator of 0.46 career dominator of 0.29 played at Ole Miss um interesting group of players that now his new comps come up in the box score scout you got the likes of Brandon Cooks Calvin Ridley DJ Chark Will Fuller uh Torrey Smith of course there's guys like Andy Isabella Nelson Aguilar Anthony Miller, uh, but nonetheless, this definitely improved his stock in my mind. What did you think of this, this landing spot for him, Travis, and, and how strong of a prospect is he now that we know his draft capital?
2: You know, as I was listening live to, um, as I was listening live to the, the the draft and just trying to figure out, uh, you know, where my favorite players were going to go, you know, seeing that Elijah Moore went to the Jets uh, my initial reaction right away, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> going to the Jets, but the more, but the more thought about it, if if they are they're trying to build weapons around their new quarterback. They just drafted Zach Wilson. Uh they, they're spending a top forty draft draft pick on this guy. Quarter uh, is not getting any younger. They brought in Corey Davis to try to be kind of like an outside wide receiver. Elijah Moore can do a little bit of everything, though he's not just a lot. He proved in his final season he could be even more efficient as an outside wide receiver. So I was really excited to see uh, just that vote of confidence and early capital uh, coming from uh, the Jets. So I think given how they're going to invest in him, I'm going to be pretty excited about the early target share that he might receive there. And, and he he more than anyone I was i think i've expressed this on multiple podcasts i was less concerned about landing spot with him than just about anyone else because of his route versatility and success and in different wide receiver spots all over the field and i mean when you look at his production profile he's gotten early enough breakout breakout age he's got a 90th percentile plus adjusted production index one of the metrics we have at Rotoviz, biz uh, one that i worked on and built myself looking at dominator yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempts. Uh, just about every kind of lens that you want to look through at Elijah Moore. It's like check box, check box, check that or, yeah, you check that one and this one and that one. And the only thing if we're gonna knock him is just that he's going to the Jets. And the Jets just ruined people's careers. But um I think if anybody's gonna break that mold, it's gonna be Elijah Moore. So I, I actually moved him up just slightly um he was already my wide receiver uh, three, but just I, I, I moved him up one more slot in terms of overall ranking, I believe. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about Elijah Moore. Wow. Okay, yeah. I
1: mean, that is really impressive. For me, he cracked into my top five. I wasn't as high on him. Uh, you made a lot of, in- you know, really good points about the profile there. And then the other thing that kind of stood out to me while well, we were doing the ranking summit this week with the rest of the Rotovis team that worked on the uh, the rookie guide. Sean made some compelling arguments for Wilson. Uh, And when I consider that, the fact that this is a new coaching staff, we're going to kind of have a new era of Jets football. I realize that I need to correct to some level on my perception of this team. You're going to have Wilson, a guy with some upside, um, an athletic passer maybe the identity of this team can start to trend in the right way and I mean last year Cracker 89 targets Brashad Perriman now gone 59 targets Braxton Berrios 55 targets Chris Herndon at 46 be all that is it may and that we have new faces there we only have so much of an idea of what's going to happen like you said there's a lot of things that Elijah Moore can do um, and to me there's no reason that he can't Given where they drafted him, step right in away and make an immediate impact. Um, so I, I guess the final question, see, the great thing about talking to Travis is not only does he have the film side, he's got the analytics side, he's really got the whole picture. Is Elijah Moore one of these guys that's ready to hit the ground running, can come in and be ready to play in the pros?
2: absolutely I mean like as I kind of mentioned in his final season he really proved he could play any wide receiver position yeah I mean early on there was some, some concerns like oh he's just like this gadget guy this this slot wide receiver uh, and that was partly just because of the scheme that Ole Miss was running and the, the kind of almost quarterback by committee back and forth nonsense they're running in 2019 but when Lane Kiffin changed things cleaned things up and gave the reins to Matt Corral uh, we saw the depth and breadth of, of every bit of talent that Elijah Moore had and he was averaging basically over ten touches per game for the Ole Miss Rebels, the entirety of that offense through the air, and so I, I'm confident he can he can garner that kind of uh, market share in any NFL offense, especially one that that really needs a, a playmaker yep. to step up.
1: Awesome, and I mean, it's very likely that he's going to be one of the best offensive players that they have on that team now. So hopefully, he can be that playmaker. Now, I'm I'm excited that I get to talk with you about this next player here because. Javante Williams was one of those guys that you really liked. We now have him going to Denver, selected at pick 35, which gets him into a list of comps from the box score scout with guys like DeAndre Swift, Kerryon Johnson, Mark Ingram, Felix Jones, Miles Sanders, Doug Martin, Eddie Lacy, Sonny Michelle. That is a pretty impressive list. The question that people are going to have, though, is Williams good enough to come in and supplant Melvin Gordon right out of the gate. So maybe quickly break down for us, A, why you liked Williams so much, and then B, how much of a threat you think he could be to Melvin Gordon in year one.
2: Yeah, so Javante Williams was my running back three, I think, as early as last September. Uh, I had actually some deeper uh, Debbie Fantasy Football League shares of John, Javante Williams coming into the year just because of the opportunity uh, that he and Michael Carter were going to have in uh, one of the highest flying offenses in college football. And man, when they committed, as they kind of hinted that they would in spring ball, uh, to more of a, a run first uh, mentality and just to kind of grind through uh, you know, their opponents and just run them into submission uh Javante Williams just took off and he was their their go-to in the red zone he was the the stronger back between the two and and really when on on tape he and and really um, even measured speed Javante Williams even though he weighs like 20 pounds more was just as fast as Michael Carter and so I was really excited about Javante Williams because you got this guy that has more broken tackles than anyone else in college football, ha- adds more like yards after contact than anyone else in college football, and just continually finds ways to impress, even as a receiver. And is is even though it's not like the perfect analytical profile in terms of like a running back dominator, because he's sharing yep. with, well, another good running back that's now in the NFL as well, like he was still showing that, hey, like I, I can take this NFL talent that's across the running back room from me and I can still definitively look better than this guy. Uh, so I, I was really excited about Javante Williams. And now he, he enters a situation where he's, you know, Melvin Gordon was good four years ago, something like that. Uh, his knees, we've known were about to fall apart for four years, maybe five years now. So I think, there's at the very least he's going to be a really solid 1b, but I would I would bet on him being the 1a uh, just being a much Younger uh at this point stronger and in better shape version of, of anything Melvin Gordon hoped to be And if Melvin Gordon does have issues with his knees or any other things that come along with running backs uh, that are around You know their second uh, a contractor at well into their second contract uh, He's gonna be in a situation where he could have the entirety of that workload and, and just take over the offense and uh, At the very least I think he could be the go-to back uh, In scoring opportunity uh, scoring opportunities and goal-to-go situations yeah. as he was for like, you know 20 plus of his touchdowns last year
1: yeah, and I think that, like you said, it makes a lot of sense as to why Williams should get involved. And then the other thing that I really like about a player like this is in redraft this year people are going to be concerned about gordon but i really think if you get him on your team the odds that by the end of the season he's playing a very substantial role and has overtaken gordon there's a Mm -hmm. number of ways in which that could happen now last year uh, melvin gordon was 22 in terms of expected points per game Um, he was 11 in opportunities at the running back position uh he had let me see what was it here um, 215 rushing attempts but Philip Lindsay also had 118 and Royce Freeman had mm-hmm. 35 so that right there should tell you that um, Williams already has some window into getting some work so I mean I'm pretty excited about the possibilities of what we could see about Williams I think for redraft really he should be on your radar if that ADP stays down dynasty he seems pretty exciting as well um, so The final question here for you, was there a landing spot that you would have been more excited to see him going to, or does this one actually end up being more exciting than people would think?
2: I think this one's more exciting than I thought because just like Elijah Moore, initially I was like, "Oh crap!" I, I wanted like the Falcons, and yeah. it was funny because I think the, well, the, the Falcons traded out of this pick in the very, <laughs> and it was Javante. I was like, "Dang it! Come on, just keep the pick." And and, uh, and I was hoping, okay, so maybe it's not going to be the Falcons, but the Dolphins have a pick coming up, and nope, Javante goes to the Broncos. I I, I was hoping early day two you would get the workload and a healthy offense in Atlanta. I was hoping that Miami was just like so tired of playing this running back, uh, just carousel, trying to figure out, hey, does this warm body work? Uh, You know, I was I was hoping that they would just commit there, but uh, I I actually am am, uh, kind of pleasantly surprised after kind of looking at the opportunity and the shelf life of the back, you know, that that even looks ahead of him. So yeah, I I definitely like the spot, and he's well inside my first round. Uh, for uh, really both super flex and one QB,
1: very cool. All right, let's move on to a player here that uh we at Roto really liked for a long time. Um, in this year's class, then we kind of had this issue of his height, and that's Rondale Moore. Nonetheless, hmm. despite being about 5'7, goes at pick 49. To the Arizona Cardinals, for listeners, I want to remind them of this ridiculous freshman season that ended when he was just 18 and a half years of age. In 13 games, 1,258 yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, receiving dominator of 0.37. Given the draft capital, comps with guys like Deshaun Jackson, Mike Wallace, DJ Chark, Brandon Cooks, KJ Hamler, Calvin Ridley, Randall Cobb, Dede Westbrook, Justin Hunter. I think the concern that people are going to have here, Travis, would be, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, that could be a good thing. You also have A.J. Green. They've drafted Andy Isabella in the past. Can Rondell Moore really be the second option in Arizona and turn that into something really productive from a fantasy lens? What do you think?
2: They've been trying to get somebody that looks like Rondell Moore for a few drafts now. I mean, if you look at, like, Christian, like, Rondell Moore is is everything they wanted Christian Kirk to be. And then they wanted Andy Isabella to be. And like, he's the best of everything that those guys do and more, except he's stronger and he's faster. uh, And he's, potentially more agile than any of those guys and then analytically speaking he's got the like he was basically after his freshman year he was done it's like okay check I can just sit out the next two years and I'm good enough to play in the pros already I could have out of high school like he was already benching small SUVs <laughs> out of high school you know like just it was just ridiculous he was a freak and it was really weird that he was I think it was really just his size even coming out of high school that kept him from being in five-star status because yeah he ran in the four threes, like verified four three three, in high school, and so uh, he, he basically turned down Alabama uh, in the same class. I believe that's uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, was in, and, and so he um, uh, he actually could have gone to Alabama. And uh, I think everyone would have liked him even more if he played for Alabama, but man, he dominated and won the Paul Hornung award for being the most versatile player in all of college football in his true freshman season. Like that doesn't happen. Like if you, and if you look at, if you look at the guys that, that won that award uh, before him, you're looking at guys like Saquon Barkley, you're looking at guys like Jabril Peppers, who was like a two-way player in college, o- o- Odell Beckham Jr., like a bunch of first-round talents. Like, that's what we're looking at with the Rondale. And the only reason that he wasn't was really just because of his height. Because yep. uh, he was he was mocked well inside the first for, for months. Uh, and so people were like, oh, wait, he's you know two inches shorter than what we thought he might be. And really, that's just an overreaction because he was already a unicorn in every way, shape, and form. Uh, And so I would much rather bet against somebody who fit a mold that we've seen fail several times rather than something that we've basically never seen before. And so uh, I think he's going to have a role and he's going to have it early. But this first year might not be perfect just because they still have a a few other faces around. But I think by year two, he's going to be the definitive second target in that offense. I
1: really loved the way that you summed that up there with some of those thoughts. On more and, and the thing that I thought was the most interesting about it was when you would watch him play, you never would have questioned if somebody had even said to me, like, that guy's 5'10". Right? So, like, to find out that he was the 5'7", I did have to take some time to digest that. But it's, it's one of those things, if it doesn't manifest into what he's actually doing and the way he was challenging corners, safeties, pretty much everybody on the field... It doesn't really need to matter to me that much. And also, he's going to do a coach, Cliff Kingsbury, that's probably younger, wants to use players in a more creative way than some of these other landing spots that we could have seen. You know, there's a point in time where I was hearing people talking about him going to the Packers. Can you picture him with Mike McCarthy versus somebody like (laughs) Cliff Kingsbury? Right. So overall, this should be a good spot for him to go. And then also, you know, you get to have him lining up opposite DeAndre Hopkins which I actually think is something that should boost his value as he
2: transitions in. So all good things there. Yep. Right. Same page. And plus, he went to my alma mater. So I am a little biased. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Got to add that in there. All right. So
1: um, let's talk about a player that you have liked more than many other people. I'm really also glad this is working out perfect for me because now we get to hear you talk about Tutu Atwell goes to the Rams. And I think that some people are going to view this as a confusing landing spot, given the fact that you have Robert Woods firmly entrenched there. Of course, you have Cooper Cup. They brought in uh, Van Jefferson fairly early in the draft last year. They also have Deshaun Jackson. Um, Tutu Atwell weighs potentially is it actually the actual number is it 149 or 145 do we so know
2: with his pro day i believe it was 155 with his indianapolis medical check it was 149 yep so i mean my weight fluctuates like crazy if i weigh in the morning i'm i'm way lighter than in the yeah. evening I, I don't care it's around 150 pounds whatever it is uh, he basically like I think I I don't know how many people I've seen on Twitter or even on podcasts like yep. yeah I weighed 150 when I was in middle school it's like, it's
0: like <laughs> congratulations
2: like you yeah. were a, a husky middle schooler I don't know it's just, I don't know but it's just people want to pick him apart but uh, he would probably be the basically the first 150 pound wide receiver to succeed there are a few guys that kind of checked in early you know just under that or right around that like even. Uh, who was it, Uh, John, Smokey, Smokey Brown. Yeah, John Brown. Like He was super light. He's gained weight. In fact, he's probably gained like 20 pounds since he's been in the pros. And uh, that could happen with Tutu, and he would still maintain some speed. But with Tutu, people, I feel like they just oversimplify things. They look at his his size and they look at his highlight reel and they go oh he's just a gadget guy and that he was all he does is jet sweeps and all he does is screens from the slot and he he can't do press or whatever but like if you look at his ridiculous 2019 season he had almost 1300 yards and i know like if you look up his highlight reel you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps but that actually only accounted for uh, you know, 250-ish yards at total. So he had over a 1,000 yards outside of all those sweeps that you're thinking account for all of his game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he he did it because he was fast enough to get to the edge and he was agile enough to add Yak. He was the top five wide receiver in the nation in 2019 in terms of uh, yards after the catch. Um, only behind, I believe it was Devontae Smith, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. I think those were the only three power five wide receivers that were ahead of him in terms of yards after uh, the catch uh, yep. per target So I mean he he checks a bunch of Metrics we love he had a 91st percentile Adjusted production index after 2019 uh, And the offense overall sputtered this, this past Year a little bit with uh, Malik Cunningham Figuring some things out at quarterback But Tutu does a lot of things well, and he's going to play a role early on. Uh, if you look at the targets that they just lost, they just, for some reason, the Titans thought it would be a good idea to bring in Josh Reynolds after being a wide receiver three or four for, for forever. He's not good, but so he had 81 targets and they, they just sent Gerald Everett to, I believe the Seahawks on the one year deal. And he's, he, he'd had 61 targets. So like they just shed 140 targets. I know woods and cup just ate a bunch of targets. I think 120 plus each, But I think there's still a role for him to fill that they haven't had yet. And Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, I think they're quickly realized oh crap, this guy's old and bad. He's already like 25 years old. Let's try again. So I'm firmly believing that Tutu is going to have a role early on.
1: Yes. And and to the point, too, um, just because Van Jefferson went early last year, let's remind people that this was something that was not expected, because if you had looked at the overall profile for him, he did not look like the type of guy that was going to go anywhere near where he did. Now, I I think we should probably also mention with Tutu in 2019, he scored 12 touchdowns in 13 games in 2020. He scored seven touchdowns in nine games. That is really impressive and perhaps speaks to why in this isolated case with this player, the size might not be as much of a thing that we need to worry about as it would with other players. And I actually also think that it's good that he's stepping into an offense where there's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that teams need to account for off the bat. Maybe it gives Sean McVay some time to think about what they can actually do with him, which from what it it sounds like, you think that there's a lot that they can do with him and it does not have to be a gimmick player.
2: No, but I think he's immediately the guy that they go to if they want to kind of funnel a play to and and build something special and create something for because he can just do so much with the ball in his hands in a way that literally no one else on the offense can. And so I I think he's going to just be in for some fun work as well. I think people are going to see a few boom weeks. And just if you're investing in any player in any any fantasy format that you want – Uh, You want somebody that that flashes on film that that you can move later on, even if you don't want to keep him. Mm -hmm. And I think Tutu has plenty of opportunity uh, to do that, uh, even in just limited splashes as a a rookie. Yep. So when we hear
1: about comps getting made for him, most people are going to have that proclivity to go to a player that's smaller. But if you just look at like his overall skill set, the things that he can do, do you think there's a, there's a player out there that you would point to and say, this is a good example of somebody that's as
2: well-rounded and able to do as many things as he could. Um, man. Yeah, that's tough. Like I would, I would say like, um, I would say like early career, uh, Like I don't know what was his hip injury, a few other things. Like early career, like Randall Cobb. Oh, okay, yeah. But but like with more speed. Yep. Um, and probably even better agility. Like somebody like that. Like if you if you mix like the the fun deep threat nature of Deshaun Jackson's game with Randall Cobb, I think that would be some kind of, some kind of uh, Frankenstein version that would look like two two Atwell.
1: Oh wow! All right. So. Anyway. Travis, this is this has been an absolute smashing success because I was really hoping that I could leave this podcast with a lot of enthusiasm about Tutu, and I think that you have managed to get me there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good, which is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, some some listeners are like, "Shut up, man! You're so wrong. He's still just fun. Whatever." It's like I'm I'm just excited. I just like I love rooting for the guy, man. I, it's just he, he's got a fun profile. Got the capital now. Let's just, let's just call it a day and realize that he's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So uh, we are going to have more pods with Travis
1: this week. But, Travis, uh, let these people know where they can find you. And I want to make sure that everybody goes out and does this.
2: Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. I talked – things on clubhouse at Titan Travis and uh, I've got the top 100 rookie series coming out in a few different segments this week, Uh, both uh, individual defensive players and offensive players. Uh, So yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yes. And definitely go check out the college to Canton podcast. My own podcast. (laughs) Yeah. The college to Canton podcast where I talk about everything, basically college prospects and the journey from, you know, recruit prospect rookie all the way to the hall of fame. It's a lot of fun.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, Really, really appreciate you coming on. Reminder to listeners, if you want to win a t-shirt, send us in a question at 978-615-9214.